BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome in to Hit That Line, week one. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Nick, Austin, and Ben. Rough, rough go of it in week zero, but, um, you know, if it's all the same to everybody, we just want to count it. Um, and look, <laughs> we could have an asterisk next to this because ESPN lumps in week zero with week one. So we yeah, could just... Yeah, good point, good point. We, we, we need could just, that. We could, we yeah. could just add in... The four yeah. L's to uh the locks week, this z- week. week zero and four. <laughs> yeah, as we like to it's, call it. it's unfair. I mean, basically, we had a gun to our head. Like you must, yeah, seriously, take four games. Just... I wouldn't yeah. bet any of these games. Of course, I would have <laughs> only bet my winners. <laughs> yeah, none of us actually, to my knowledge, none of us did real money on week zero. No, um, and just we should just tell the listeners like just don't bet the losers. Like Nick said, just bet the winners that we give you. Don't bet the losers. Yeah, ask me about my ask me about my losers because they're they're so few. And then what what did they say? Ask me about my winners. That's uh anybody? A little shout out to the movie Accepted, Justin Long. Nope. No, nobody. Jeez. Literally no one. Critics. No takers. Tough scene. That's a 2006 film. Blake Lively, Jonah Hill, Lewis Black. Well, that's a lot of games I've heard, though. They appreciate your support. 38 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Shout out uh, Chucky. No. But, um, well, let's get into uh, the show. Before we get started on our locks, I do want to remind you that this show is presented by Homefield Apparel. It's been uh, almost a week. Feels like it's been like two weeks because it was the lead up to it was crazy. But if you have not yet checked out the Old Miss collection, go do so at homefieldapparel.com. And when you purchase your merch, be sure to put in promo code TOC23. Um, so, w- real quick follow-up on that. How cheesy will I look if I wear the Tad Pad shirt to the game in the Tad Pad in a couple no, months? Because I got to do it. I, I th- like, that shirt is uh, tough. It's not cheesy at all. That is amazing. I, I do need to talk you, to you, Connor. Yeah. I need to talk to Connor and the folks because they did not put the chimney on the Tad Pad. Um, oh, but, that's a staple. But the shirt is outstanding. I love the font. And I'm so glad they did that one because that was that was on my list of like early, like oh I hope the, I hope they do this like just because like the tab pad's still standing I was like you got to do something give it a nod. Dude, um, you're a dad now. You can wear the band shirt to the concert, so you can wear a tab pad yeah. shirt to the tab pad. <laughs> now I, I would not do that, 
but sporting events are different. But like, I kind of, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a jerk. I, I, if I go to a concert and you're wearing the the shirt of the person that's performing, I I see that as kind of a little. little Hold on, what movie did you just reference? And now you're drawing a line on t-shirt. <laughs> Okay, if I'm the only one that has seen the movie, have y'all not at least seen the clip I'm referring to? No. I've literally never heard of this movie. Jonah Hill is in like a hot dog costume and he's yelling at people. They're like hazing him and he's yelling at people on campus to ask him about his wiener. And he's like no. extending oh, his hand I've to people. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like they they make up their own college. Anyway, we're getting off track. But yeah, homefieldapparel.com. TOC23 is the promo code. Um yeah, I did get the Tad Pad shirt. Uh, I got the Flood shirt. And um, what was the other one I got? I forgot. It feels like ages ago when I ordered it. Um, I, I also want to say I feel like they're sandbagging, and, and there's 100% going to be a national championship shirt to come out just because there's been for baseball yeah. in 2022. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. 2020, yeah, too. Oh, I got the 80s jersey ringer. Tea. Yeah, I got uh, the Jersey Ring one's tough too. There, but there's been everyone in like the last like five years has the national champions one. I just feel mm-hmm. like they they didn't want they understand that people have budgets, and you know maybe we <laughs> wait till a little closer to Christmas and, and do that one because yeah. like that's gonna come out. And I, I got to get that one too when that happens. Yeah, and and hell, they they might be saving it for the spring when college baseball gets going. It's because good point. Good point. Or when we win yes. two out of three. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, they're going to roll out some more. They've been doing it with with every collection they have. They'll roll out more stuff. So keep an eye on Homefield. Uh, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, yeah, check out homefieldapparel.com. Also, want to remind you of another sponsor of this show, and that is College Corner. They are now open in Oxford, Mississippi. Go check them out, 8256 Avenue, Suite 105. I have yet to get down there. I plan on being in town for at least the Arkansas game this year. Um, but they've got polos, they've got t-shirts, they've got hats. Um, Nick, I believe you have already ventured inside the the uh, the building there. Have you not? Yeah. So I went uh, when I got the email, they, they were open. Like it was kind of like a soft. So I walked in. It was like a soft opening, and they're still putting stuff on the racks. Kind of thought they were going to ask me to help them out for a second. Uh, that's how early I was when I got there. Uh, I went ahead and bought something just in case I was like the first customer and I was like, maybe they'll give me something. Um, and I, I don't guess I was, but uh, since then I've been back once. It's like, it's not, there are not as many things in there as like a rebel rags. And that's good because there is a lot of junk at rebel rags. And this place is just like quality. Everything in there. I feel like you could purchase. Uh, so we went last week and picked up a Jersey from a, you know, very quickly growing one and a half year old boy who'll probably last for about a week. But uh, yeah, we already picked that yeah. up. Place is awesome. And it's really cool to have something on, on uh, the, the, you know, other side of town. So you don't have to always travel down Jackson Avenue or to the square and get something. It's, it's nice to have something uh, a little easier access as well. Yeah. They've got a, uh, they got Nike, they got cutter and buck. They got Columbia. They've got this one that I've never heard of horn legend. I haven't heard of that brand. Got a shark polo. Um, they've got a little bit of everything. I saw they did have some kids polos, which is clutch because my kids are getting a little bit bigger and start wearing polos more. Um, so yeah, if you want to grab the kiddo something, they've got a little bit of everything. They got a little, uh, they got some like Hawaiian style shirts. If you want to get a little weird out there in uh, in right field in the spring, or I mean, hell, you can wear it to the, to Vaught Hemingway, whatever you want to do. Wear it this Saturday. Um, yeah. Wear it this weekend. 
Um, but yeah, College Corner, go check them out. Scott and the rest of the crew, they're excited. Um, their store is uh, is up and running. So again, that's over on Sisk Avenue. Go check them out. You can give them a call, 601-790-7535 for any questions you might have. There's also two other locations, Ridgeland and Flowood as well. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, week one. It is uh, much better than week zero, or as I guess we could just say everything is week one at this point. Um, everything gets cranked up on Thursday, which, thank God, because I feel like this week is just dragged. Um, mm-hmm. But it gets kicked off in a big way on Thursday as well. Um, I am uh, locked in, 7 o'clock ESPN Florida at Rice Eccles to take on the Utah Utes. That is the number 14 Utah Utes. No cam rising. We were talking earlier today. I don't think it's a problem. The line has actually gone down. There's been a lot of movement because of that, which I am perfectly fine with. I feel like right now it's kind of settling at four and a half. Is that what everybody sees it at? Yeah. Yeah, four four and a half and over under 44 and a half. I see. Ooh, okay. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know about y'all. I still lean Utah here. I, I think the Utes are just better, and I think that it's not going to matter. I think that environment's going to be electric, and I just don't think Graham Mertz is going to be good enough to get Florida a dub, and we talked about it in our East Preview show. I think Florida is going to be trash this year, so I like Utah. So are you so, locking that in? No, I, I might swing around back to it. I've got plenty of other games that I like, but I'm – I, if I didn't have others I liked, I would. But you're locked into it. You're not locking it in, guys. Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I um, I, I don't know a ton about Utah's backup quarterback. Austin, is there? Wasn't there talk about they're going to have to have a third stringer out there? Yeah, yeah. I think they may be down to the third stringer. I don't know. Look, by the way, we gave y'all zero and four last week, but we did tell you like two weeks ago that Rising was going to be out. So if you wanted to jump on Florida. Two weeks ago was the time. You could have gotten it at like eight back then. But I don't know if they're going with the backup or the third string guy. The third string guy did play a little bit last year. But obviously, you're talking about significant drop-off from rising to these guys. Was he the converted receiver? He was the guy who ended up coming into the uh, Rose Bowl. Okay. Um, They had a – look great. They had a or they had a quarterback that I remember made a couple big catches, maybe the Pac-12 title game or maybe the maybe both and the Rose Bowl. Um, I do know that they also have, and it might be this guy. I don't know if it's the second or third string guy. They have a backup quarterback that has run a ten five hundred meter dash. So, so this guy's name last name is Barnes. Um, he's a former walk on. Okay, so I'm you know I'm, I'm hurting to, to find it. I have to think that this is priced into the line, though. I mean, I, let me For rephrase. Sure. I know it's priced in the line. So, I mean, I, obviously, I think the idea is they're still playing at home. It's still you know Florida has had to leave early. You know they made a really big deal about the fact that they were going to have to go outside of the state of Florida for a non-conference game. I'm not sure y'all are aware of this. The first true non-conference road game for Florida outside of the state of Florida since 1991, which is like a stat I just couldn't believe. Uh, they made a whole big deal about having to leave, you know, Gainesville 
and then the hurricane happened, so I had to leave a day earlier or whatever. So, you know, it's a long ways for them to have to go. The, you know, elevation will probably get to them a little bit. I don't think Florida's all that good anyways. So, I mean, ultimately, like, I feel like quarterback, like really good quarterbacks can win you, you know, big games. But I don't necessarily think that it's, like, prohibitive when you're playing a team that you're a lot better than. I don't know that Utah needs great quarterback play to go out and beat Florida. I mean, remember we talked about Florida a couple weeks ago. No one thinks they're going to be very good. So, I mean, how how bad is Utah, the rest of their team, that they take off Cam Rising and they can't still beat Florida at home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one that I was referring to is Jaquindon Jackson. They played him at receiver, running back a little bit. He had a touchdown, uh, a rushing touchdown in the Rose Bowl. Um, big dude. So they could have some packages there. I feel like this is just a game where Kyle Whittingham is going to play some bully ball and just try to out-physical Florida. Because I still don't know if Billy Napier has a team built or a roster built to do what he likes to do. Because, yeah, I'm with Nick. I just don't think they're very good. No, I agree with that. I think all the value is gone out of the number. I, I honestly think that it's still been above a touchdown, <clears throat> which is where it was a week ago. I think there would have been some value in Florida going against a backup quarterback. Because I think these two teams play a style that lends itself to close – close games right they, they are both content yeah. to slow down the For pace sure, yeah. run the ball punt play defense play field position limit turnovers both of these coaches are perfectly content to do that and now with the new clock rules which we saw you know small sample size last week last week unders I think or five and two or four and three um i think we're going to see more unders this week so, look, last year with two stars at quarterback, and I'm using stars in air quotes here for Richardson, but you'll get my point. It was 29-26 with, with capable quarterbacks in the swamp mm-hmm. last year. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to even get to 29-26 this year. I think you're talking something like, you know, 24-20, 24-17 Utah. I mm-hmm. just think Whittingham's going to be content to grind Florida out. Um, Mertz probably makes a mistake late, um, throws a pick, which costs them. I don't think Florida gets run here, though, just because I don't think Utah is equipped to do that without a guy like Rising. Um, and I, I, do we know the status of Utah's all-conference tight end? Is he out? That was the word earlier in the week. Is it um, the – what's his name? Because they've had two. Yeah, I, I don't remember. But suffice to say, look, Utah doesn't have great weapons on the outside. They were going to be – Keefe, that's right. They were going to be really, really reliant on their tight end and backs in the short game. And if you don't have a tight end and you don't have rising and you don't have elite weapons outside, even with a subpar Florida, how does Utah run away from this one? I, I don't oh, no, see it. No doubt. So I, says... I, I would never – I can't touch Florida here because I think Florida is going to be bad. But I do think they can hang around and make it a really ugly game. You know, if you've got – Plus seven or above, you probably are going to come away looking like a bandit in this one. But um, I think Utah in a close one. So per Pete Thamel, Brant Keithy is also not expected to play. Yeah, that's trouble, man. I mean, they're running out of weapons. You know, but I mean, Whittingham was fortunately, I think their their defense is is just like very good. I mean, honestly, their SEC West defense, like SEC Western part of the yeah. United States defense. Like it's a very good defense, and I could see their defensive line getting after Florida. And I really, yeah. now that you talk about it, I could see it being like, like seventeen seven, yeah. which kind of yeah. makes you feel like the the forty four and a half really feels like the play here. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like a tw- like a twenty three thirteen game. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, like, it's I mean, a game that really no one enjoys. Yeah, yeah. In, in order for it to go over the number, you, you're, you'd have to think something gets wild, like a blocked punt, you know, a kick return yeah. touchdown. You get an unexpected change of possession and score. Um, or like, that, that or like Utah just dogs them, which I mean, I guess could could happen. You know what I mean? Like if Florida is just awful, which I don't expect, but if Utah beats them like, you know, thirty-eight to ten, I, I just that's yeah, the only yeah, way I think that yeah. this happens. Yeah, I so yeah, Austin nailed it. Bryson Barnes, he came in in the uh, Rose Bowl against uh, Ohio State and threw a game tying touchdown with under two minutes left. So he came in, no problem. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's just not he's just not rising, you know. Right. Um. So yeah, I I I still I, nothing is going to phase me here. I, I do not believe in Florida. I do not believe in Graham Merch. Did y'all hear? What fucking uh oh my god, what was the coach at Wisconsin that that got canned? Paul Christ. Chris, he yeah. he said in I guess an interview or a radio show or something, he said that Graham Mertz is, you know, basically like, you know, oh don't count him out at Florida. He said that uh quote, he was misused at Wisconsin. Like Motherfucker, that was you, bro. The call you is coming you. from inside the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all looking for the guy who did. <laughs> you, you tell it on yourself, dude. Um, yeah, here's I the mean, thing, though. I don't, I don't think Napier. I mean, people, and I, I, I agree that I, I'm not confident in Mertz at all. But I don't think Napier is going to put the game in his hands. I think he's going to tell him to mm-hmm. turn around and hand the ball off as often as possible. Yeah, Trevor so, Etienne, hand him exactly. the ball. So I don't have much confidence in it, but I don't think it matters here. I think they're going to run the ball and punt and hope for the best. Yeah. So but how how excited are you to have this game on, on Thursday night? Like oh, I, this is God. just this is a treat. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is just. It could be three to nothing, and I'd still be like, oh, oh dude, Rice Eccles is going to be a zoo. It's going to be so fun. I mean, it's going to be big time, big time college football atmosphere on Thursday. Um, so I guess we're all going Utah here. Um, and maybe Ben will swing back around and lock this one in. Um, I think he is currently indisposed at the moment. He is on the phone. Um, I imagine he's on the same page as us here. I don't, I don't think he's going to try to get cute and pick Florida here. Cause I pretty sure we all were in lockstep on the, the East preview and said that we think Florida is going to be trash. Yeah. Um, all right. The rest of the Thursday slate, I, I, Nebraska, Minnesota, let's go there. I mean, that one's at least somewhat entertaining. Uh, the Matt rule era Fox seven o'clock. I mean, this, this going head to head with Florida, Utah on ESPN, the Gophers, um, seven point favorite here. Um, I don't know about y'all here. I, it's at Huntington Bank Stadium, which, by the way, is one of the nicer venues in college football. I don't care what anybody says. They built a brand-new stadium, and they did it right up in Minneapolis. Um, I tend to think that the under is the play here in this one. I think this is just going to be a rock fight and one of the worst rock fights of all time. I might circle back on this one unless someone takes it. I like the under. The num- The total I'm seeing is 43. I mean, that's right. And minus seven for Minnesota. Yeah. This is just going to be an ugly game. I, I, Matt rule is a good college coach, but I, 
think it's going to take him a minute to get things going in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's excited. I I don't know. I, I I like the Gophers to win this one and and hit the under. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, and I may circle back on it too, not for the total, but for the number itself. That seven flat is calling my name on Minnesota. I think Nebraska is heavily overvalued here. Um, I know Rule is a, is a reclamation project specialist and will probably have Nebraska pretty good in year two or year three, but I think he inherited a pretty bad roster. He just mm-hmm. lost his all-world tight end. Can't identify with that at all as an Ole Miss fan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I – I like what's Nebraska going to do to score here? They got Jeff Sims at quarterback from Georgia Tech, right? I guess he may be okay, but Minnesota sneakily had like maybe the second best defense defensive college football last year. Nobody knew about that. Joe Rossi does a great job as their defensive coordinator. They didn't really hit the portal very hard on either side of the ball, but they Fleck has built a pretty good program where it's not really necessary that they go to the portal. They 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 kind of retain all their guys. Um, they're a pretty good developmental program. This is an in-conference opener on the road. I, yeah. I just think Nebraska's getting a little too much respect, and I'm, I'm not sure you know, what's that based on, the fact that they played some close games last year under Frost, and you know they didn't manage to win many of those close games, but they, they did no. keep it close in a lot of you know high-profile games. Uh, Oklahoma comes to mind last year and, and a couple of others. So I guess that's it. They think this roster may be equipped to, to keep it close in a Big Ten rock fight. I don't know. Now, look. Minnesota is retooling at several positions as well. They lost Ibrahim at running back. They lost their uh, really good quarterback, who I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Um, but they're still going to be, I think, better in the trenches. I think their defense is going to be the best unit on the field. Uh, they're not asking for much here to get over the seven. I mean, you know, 27-13 Minnesota, I, that sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, I also, I, I got a notification earlier in the Fox Sports app, and it was like, Matt Rule thriving in Nebraska, which is like the craziest <laughs> thing you could ever say before the college football season. He's got coached zero games in Nebraska, which yeah. is like to say how on earth maybe, could he be thriving. Maybe he was thriving while at the women's volleyball game tonight. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe he's vibing. Like that, that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's just hanging out. He's having a good time. I, I don't – I mean, the, the, the header was a little bit uh, like attention-grabbing because later on it just said that he was enjoying being back in the college ranks after being in the pro ranks. Which is like a two two totally different things, but um, yeah, I think they're getting respect just based on like Matt Rule's a pretty good coach, mm-hmm. but I don't know know if I've said all this kind of in the off season we were talking about like what, what was going to happen if we lost Kiffin. I'm not I'm not the biggest Matt Rule guy. I kind of think no. I think he's a good coach, but I, I kind of think he was built a little bit. He was propped up by when he was out at Baylor, I believe, but the coach that's at Texas Tech now, uh, mm-hmm. who was like a long time. High school, uh, yeah, guy Joey from McGuire. Texas, that, yeah, McGuire that knew everyone, and, and he got a lot of those guys in there. I think he's a pretty good coach, but I don't necessarily think he's thriving in Game Zero. So I, I don't know really why they're getting this much respect, other than the fact that they have a guy who is in the pros, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a little much. I think it's a little early, and I think Minnesota is a pretty good team playing at home, and also college football is one of those games where like he was winning about ten points all the time, yeah, in right, a in a pretty right. close game. Like if you told me like a game was like twenty eight twenty and which he easily covers, I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty close game. Or twenty eight seventeen, no one would think that that was a bad game, and yet they covered the seven pretty easily. So I yeah, exactly. I think they're covering this. 
yeah, look, if we were having this conversation in 1994 or whatever, it would this would sound ridiculous. But like Minnesota's been a much more stable program for a longer time than Nebraska at this point. Like Flex got a good thing going up there. He's a weird dude, and like the gimmicks and all that stuff are are cringeworthy. But he's built a pretty stable, solid, you know, middle of the pack Big Ten program. Yeah, I that that's another thing with like. You nailed it, Austin. Like Nebraska is getting overvalued for some reason. It, it's just one of those. It's like Florida, Tennessee, Notre Dame. For sure. Yep. The market uh, always all, loves them. Yeah. All these '90s brands that mm-hmm. people continue to prop up. Where yep. like, oh, they got Matt Rule. Like here we go. Like well, he still has Scott Frost roster, and they sucked. So, yeah, yeah, they they might buck their head a little bit here and there in a couple games, but no, I, I don't see it happening on the road here in, in week one when he's – Also, I think people kind of thought that, you know, Fleck was going to go to Minnesota and they are going to become like a big power player in the Big Ten West and because of what kind of what he did in Western Michigan. That didn't really happen, but he's mm-hmm. kind of done like an odd thing. I don't feel like this ever happens. I feel like coaches either go places – and are great and move on. They go somewhere yep. and are great, like Dabo, and they stay and they build up a program, or they go and they flame out. And you hear about right. it spectacularly. Rarely do coaches like go in and do the old, the classic nine and three five years in a row type mm-hmm. deal, and just like mm-hmm. hanging around pretty good. But like looking at last year, they lost two ranked games. They lost to Iowa thirteen ten. We're not talk about that. And, and then they lost to Purdue, who was you know a, a pretty good it was oh. a pretty good game. They were ranked at the time. But the point is, they were they were nine and three in, or excuse me, eight and four in the regular season. Won their bowl game. Just a very like productive team. And Nebraska is not that. They won last year in Lincoln's. I don't. I don't what's going to tell mm-hmm. me? You know, they beat them by seven in Lincoln. Why can't they beat them by seven in Minneapolis this year? Yeah. All right. Um. And we're going to get to our locks. So we'll. We'll, we'll venture around the slate, but just kind of working through the the marquee games, looking at SEC. Uh, let's get on over to Saturday, and let's get in the, uh, the early slate here. Virginia at Tennessee, ABC, 11 a.m. To me, I'm not going to lock it in because 28 is a lot. Um, I feel like this is a game where Josh Heupel is going to try to make a statement, going to try to put up points because he's got a new quarterback. He's trying to prove everybody that Joe Milton is the real deal. And Virginia's just bad. Year two for yeah. Tony Elliott. Like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're going to just blow him out. It's a virtual. Did y'all realize game. this game was in, in Nashville? I, I, yeah. I realized yeah, it's that at, 30 seconds ago. It's at Nissan. I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, a guy that I think rap uh, writes for DraftKings uh, got Dick Wested, um, which I'm sure everybody's least favorite Twitter account. Is it Richard G. West? Uh, that oh, that yeah. guy needs to be sent to the Gulag. Like whoever dude. runs that account. <laughs> I do. Yeah, seriously. At this point now with like Twitter, where like anyone can pay for a blue check mark, like it's bad enough. Oh, he's like a fake journalist. Yeah. Yes. So. But his oh, stories right. are always just believable enough. Like yeah. it's never yeah. like crazy outlandish. Like, it's always just believable enough. Like five percent too too far. Yeah. And yeah. So you're so like, what is, is it maybe? Posted a tweet today, I believe, that engineers discovered something was not like structurally sound at Nissan. So they're probably gonna have to move the game to Knoxville. And uh 
this poor guy at DraftKings like ran with it and did a whole story on it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, God. it is at Nissan Stadium. Um, which by the way got brand new turf. Uh, for whatever reason, even though they're about to do a new stadium, um, I think that might be because Taylor Swift and Beyonce just might have just ripped up the field, just, from just screwed it up, yeah. doing concerts yeah. all summer. But yeah, Tennessee's going to blow them out. I think if you're going anywhere on this game, like, you may want to look at the over under 56. And I, I just say that because I don't think Virginia's scoring many points at all. I kind of feel like Austin's fixing to go totally just, you know. <laughs> Pull the rug out from under me here. But I feel like Virginia's not scoring many points. And I, I mean, is Tennessee scoring 60? Maybe. Maybe they are. But that's a lot of points against another Power 5 team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – so just at the outset, I don't want to reduce this to, like, gambling talk or whatever. But, like, I think Virginia's planning on honoring um, the player or players. Was it multiple players that were murdered last year to end their season? I think it was oh, two, it yeah. Was two, yeah. Was two, yeah. So I think this is their first game. That was, since, that was last year. Uh, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. This is their first game back. So I think they're planning on honoring them. They will undoubtedly be extremely emotional, you know, wanting to play for their teammates. I'm not telling you that as a way of hand, handicapping the game. I just think it's interesting to note. And, you know, I make does Tennessee maybe take their foot off the gas in recognition? I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. The whole thing is sad, really, to even think about. I don't know. Who knows what I, happens here? I mean, if you're. I think the one thing outside of the number that Nick mentioned, the total, probably mostly Tennessee fans. But I think if you're a, if you're a recruit, Nick, out there that that knows who Nico Imaliva is, you're probably looking yeah. to see him in the second half, see what he's got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I maybe and that would be my that would be my fear too. Zach with taking right. Virginia or the under is that Tennessee fans want to see Nico and they throw him in there. Well, Heupel's not going to put him in to hand the ball off. You know what I mean? They're going to – I think they're going to run their offense. And unfortunately, you know, when you play Tennessee, you got to deal with that offense either by having an elite defense that can shut it down like Georgia did or by having an offense that can mash it and go score for score like Ole Miss did with Matt Corral. Um, if you don't have either one of those things – Or Pitt last year. Yeah, or Pitt. If you don't have either <laughs> one of those things that – the train gets off the track quickly. And I think for a team like Virginia yeah. who's limited offensively and doesn't appear to have an elite defense, I just don't know how you how they even hang. I mean, what happens when they're down twenty-four nothing at halftime or you know, twenty-seven six at halftime? How do how do you get back in? I just don't I don't think they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I'm if I'm if I'm handicapping this game, I'm taking Tennessee, I'm laying the points but I'm not even coming remotely close to betting real money or locking this in. Cause yeah, like Austin yeah. said, there are a lot of variables like Hypel could take it easy. Yeah. And... I mean, he could not be an asshole and just, you know, get out of there with a win, but I don't know. I mean, can he run the ball in that offense for an entire quarter? I don't know. All right. Elsewhere Saturday. This one's interesting to me. ECU at Michigan, 11 a.m. on the cock. How is this interesting to you? <laughs> because the number is 36. Yeah, that's a strange number. This is and the accepted of college football games. I am very <laughs> close. Look, dude. Doubt Mike Houston's bunch at your own peril. Because I think they're going to show up and they're going to play. And they're going to cover 36. Oh, that's spicy. I, okay, here's a, here's a fun game. 
Name me a Michigan wide receiver. I don't know. I can't name you more than two Michigan players. Well, I could do that. J.J. McCarthy, and then you got the two running backs. Like uh, Corman, say I, Donovan Edwards. Corman, yeah. Oh, for, um, for the record, in their, in their opener last year against a team, a Power 5 team. Yeah. Now, this one was at home, technically, but against yeah. a Power 5 team in their opener last year. ECU, they lost by one point to NC State. So, yeah. mm, and okay. Nick, you know how they lost that, right? Refresh my memory. It's been a while. They went for two. Is that right? And then get the two point. That's conversion. right. I okay. Right? So I I thought it was a just missed missed goal. chip shot. Yeah, they Oof. missed a field goal. I think that's like right. they did everything right and got down there and just shanked it. Yeah, and I mean NC yeah. State snuck out of there with their tail between their legs and you know a ski mask on. Like they it, they should not have won that game. Um, shout out to know, Eric Gilbert. Man. Um, but. Yeah, I that, that number is just ridiculous, and I think Michigan is going to run the football. The new clock yeah. rules are in play now with with the you know clock is is going to run on first downs. I think I I I thought there was a difference last week. Did y'all feel that too about how yeah. games are a little quicker? Yeah. I, um, I did for sure. Harbaugh's not coaching; it's not going to matter. But I mean, I feel like whoever is coaching Harbaugh has told them like, "Hey, just run the ball." Um, I don't know, man. Har- they like to smash teams like this. Like Harbaugh loves to run it up. I'm looking at last year, Colorado State. They beat them 51 to seven. Hawaii 56 to 10. UConn 59 to nothing. Like I think ECU is better than all three of those teams, but Michigan does not take their foot off the pedal in mm-hmm, these situations. Mm-hmm. They just don't. I wonder if it'll be different though without Harbaugh. Now I'm I sure they have. Worse. That I'm make, sure they have direct- that may make it worse. I would say I'm sure they have direct orders to like, hey, do this, yeah. do that. Um, but I think ECU is just good enough to cover 36. I mean, we're not asking a lot here, guys. Uh, I don't know. Ben's here. Ben, yeah. what do you think about ECU in Michigan? What's the line? 36. 36. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the point. Um simply if it stays above, well, it doesn't really matter. The odds makers are begging you to take um, ECU pleading. with a pleading with you. Yeah, and so that that smells stinky to me. And my my initial, you know, this I guess the quote unquote smart money or the safe play would be to take ECU, but for whatever reason, I, this looks like this looks like it's. 49 to 10 final. Mm-hmm. What's the total? 51 and a half. Oh, wow. That's low. Yeah, for a yeah. point. They're not expecting I, ECU to score. Yeah, obviously. Is is Michigan really good on defense this year? I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Literally and they've got a better 40, running back. 44 They think they do. They think they do. Mm-hmm. Well, they think a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking back under Harbaugh again, like I'm Northern sure Illinois in 21, 63 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely more virtuous. 63 to 10 against Northern Illinois in 2021. I mean, they run it up on, on teams when they can. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be completely wrong here, but I just don't think ECU's, you. I don't think ECU's going to lie down. I think they're going to fight and they're going to. If ECU score. scores 10. 20. Or fourteen, 
I'd be real nervous. To win it, you're beat. That Michigan's mm-hmm. not score fifty nine. That's why I'm saying they cover the thirty six. Yeah. I I I think they're going to be able to do at least a little bit. I mean, they're not beating Michigan. With that said, they're... I'm gonna lay the I'm gonna lay the points because <laughs> the line tells me to. I just don't I don't think they're just completely ass. I think they're going to be competitive for at least three quarters before Michigan puts the nail in the coffin. I mean, I think it would be hilarious if they were. I just I I'm mean, not going to bet on it. Yeah. Um. Speaking of a nail in a coffin. And being ass, Colorado at TCU on Fox. This is the big, uh, the big noon kickoff game. Um, eyeballs are going to be on it. Ratings are not going to be an issue because of Dion. Um, I do not have any faith in Shadour Sanders and that offense and the fifty transfer portal guys. I'm I'm here for the rude awakening that Dion is about to get. The line is twenty and a half, and I would lay them. I got a I got a lock here. Oh, here we go on the board. But it's not on the line. It's on the over under. I think it's going what? under under sixty three and a half. Okay. I kind of think I, I think it's going to be a different type of game. Obviously, we know what TCU lost last year a lot off that offense. I mean, I think teams all year long are going to want to run it up against Colorado when they can. But I don't necessarily think that TCU is going to be quite in that position. And I think Colorado will maybe slow the clock down a little bit with their quarterback, running the ball a little bit more than normal. Yeah. I think the clock rules are going to help a little bit as well. Um, I don't know if that's baked okay. in. I don't know how much it can be baked in. Uh, thus far, I mean, they've only seen seven games, you know, FBS games last week. So they really don't know how many fewer plays they estimate between four and five last week. Fewer a game that's obviously taking the totals down a couple points. Uh, I don't know if that's baked in yet or not. I'm, I'm sure it probably is, but I just feel like 63 and a half is is kind of a, a lot when I really don't expect much out of this Colorado offense because I think the TCU defense is too good. And I I, I just don't see Colorado is like not that bad. They got so many transfers. They're not going to, they're not going to mm. lose 60. I don't think they're going to lose 66 to nothing is my point. Like if you told me they lost like 52, 14, like uh, that's 66, I guess. Still under. Uh, <laughs> if you told me they lost 52 14, that's a lot of points. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be like 45 10. Couple things here. I have heard it on multiple podcasts now. Colorado is small. Like as a as a team, like they are not a yeah. big team. We, we've had some small defenses before that were pretty good, actually. Well, I'm talking overall. Like, their offensive line is not very – like, I heard on a podcast they are talking about Michael Irvin was at a practice, and, like, Michael Irvin was towering over people, like, in the huddle. That's not good. Yeah. Um, I also just think that, like, Dion's just going to be – his ego is going to get in the way all mm-hmm. year long. He's going to be stubborn as all get out. Also, I remind you – Y'all know who the OC is at TCU, right? Yep. It is Kendall Bryles. Bryles. And my guy is going to put up points whenever he can. So if they can run Colorado out of Carter Stadium, they're going to do it. Um, well, think of it this way, too. I mean, TCU's quarterback, Chandler Morris, is good. He started mm-hmm. over uh, Duggan was, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's not, yeah, he's not he got terrible. Hurt. Yeah, I tell you this, against BYU, the team that – I mean, I'm sorry, 
Baylor, the team that suffocated us in the Sugar Bowl, he had 531 yards of offense in mm. 2021. Okay. That'll do so, it. Not just you a know, warm body. He, he, he I think throw I think TCU's going to absolutely hammer Colorado. And you, but and, yep. and, yeah, and I don't know if it was Austin or Nick, whoever said it. People are going to want to just murder them if they can. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think especially a team like TCU, Dion wants to recruit in Texas. If he's going to be successful in Colorado, he's got to go to Texas or or California. And I mm. I, I would guess Texas is is the more likely um, destination or, or you know, recruiting pool for him. So I think TCU, if they're going to compete for the same kids, you want to beat the hell out of a program like Colorado and prove that you're mm-hmm. superior. Um, and look, even though, you know, this is not, Sonny Dykes has only been there. This will be his second year. The roster that he inherited was a pretty good one, as evidenced by the fact that they played in the damn national championship game last year. So I know yeah. they lost a lot of those pieces, but like top to bottom, this roster is significantly better than Colorado top to bottom. It's not even close. So they, they have all this incentive in the world to run it up. They've had all offseason to prepare for this in week one. They have, you know, an offense that's capable of doing it. They got a defense that's capable of shutting Colorado down. I don't see anything to like about Colorado in this game. I know the line reflects that at 20 and a half here, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're you just hoping that, you know, Colorado has a pick six or something late to backdoor it. That's the only angle I could I could see, I think TCU is getting into the forties here. So you need Colorado to put up a number themselves, you know, 24, 28. I don't think that's likely. Gillespie's a really good coordinator. Another OC last year got, got all the attention and deservedly. So mm-hmm. here at Riley, but Gillespie's one of the best defensive coordinators in, in football. He doesn't have a ton of dudes on that side of the ball, but uh, he, he works with what he's got as well as anybody in the country. So I think they're going to suffocate Colorado. And this is ugly. Like, 42-13. Sounds like an under. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. 
So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Speaking of totals and the opposite of under, let's head on over to the Pacific Northwest. 2.30 on ABC, Boise State at Washington I love the Huskies this year. I got them in the college football playoff. Michael Penix is my Heisman pick. I am all in on Kalen DeBoer. The line is 14. The total is 58 and a half. Boise State, I think, is going to give them a game early, but I just think Washington is just too much firepower. I think DeBoer and Penix is probably one of the best head coach quarterback duos in the country, if not the best. Um, the dude threw over 4,000 yards last year. If anything, just turn this game on because it's going to be fun. Boise's going to be squirrely early. Um, but I like the Huskies here. I think the, uh, I think this one could be fun and maybe I would probably play the line here. I wouldn't play the total because I think Boise state's going to try to play keep away but I like the Huskies here to get it done in the opener in a tough non-conference matchup. Same. I I think Washington rolls, and this may be one I double back to later as well. Uh, This is not your big brother's Boise. It's just not. They may be a little better than they were last year, but they're going to be really run heavy. Um, As you said, Zach, they're going to try to play keep away. Good luck with that. Again, this is one of those where I would ask what happens when they go down 21 to six. Can Mm. they, can they fight their way back into it to make it competitive? I don't think so. Not when you're facing Penix, this offense. He's got 3,000-yard receivers. Again, they may have the best receiving core outside of Ohio State in the country. Um, Washington's defense was not great last year. They were susceptible to the run, which Boise can run a little bit. But I just I just don't think if, – if Styles make fights, Washington may be able to run away and hide in this one by the third quarter. You know, They may be able to go up 
38-14, and then Boise can't run their way back into the game at that point. So I love Washington minus 14, um, and I may I may ultimately lock that in. I don't know what to do with the total here. It, if yeah. Washington rolls them, Washington could get pretty damn close themselves to this number. I mean, it, would it shock yeah. you if they get in the 40s? No, not at all. I just want to – I wonder how many opportunities they're going to get because I think Andy Avalos is a defensive guy. Um, you know, he's going to try to, yeah, be physical, run the football. I mean, they were good a year ago. I mean, they won 10 games, won the Frisco Bowl. He was the Mountain West Coach of the Year. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think too many weapons for Washington. And it, Husky Stadium is going to be pretty live at uh, – what is this? What did I say the kick was? Twelve thirty local. Two o'clock. Two thirty central. Two yeah, thirty. That's my biggest complaint with this game, honestly. And probably my only really takeaway is why is this not a late game? This would be like TV one if this game started at nine o'clock central time. And instead <laughs> yeah. it's happening at twelve thirty, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I I weird. think what you know, you guys might be underrating Boise a little bit. I think they were pretty good last year towards the end of the season. Um, you know, obviously kind of overlooking that loss to UTEP, but they lost to a pretty good Fresno State team in the Mountain West uh, championship game. Other than that, well, I think they had 10 wins last season. I think it was a pretty good Boise team. I don't necessarily think they're going to hang with Washington because I think it's a, a very good Washington team. But, I, you know, this number here, I think it's going to be a little closer than you guys think. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit low scoring as well. So I, I would probably. You know what? I'm not, I'm not actually going to take Boise. I'm not going to lock it in or anything. But I'll take Boise. I think they keep it within two scores. Ooh. So I'll, I'll follow up that ridiculousness and lock in Washington uh, <laughs> minus fourteen. Um, but uh, look, the quarterback is a true Heisman contender. Boise. Yeah, I agree with you, Austin, to an extent. They are built to run the ball. But for example, so is Ole Miss, and mm. Ole Miss had Quinshine and Zach Evans last year. Quinshawn, what did he rush for, 15 or 1,600 yards? Boise's leading rusher rushed for 1,100. So while they do mm -hmm. run it a lot, it's not like they're prolific at running right. it. I mean, they're built to do that, but it's really more three yards in a cloud of dust, mm -hmm. Big Ten football. And so um, why, they're not going to have the horses to hang with Washington here. I think the final score is something like 38-20. Washington with Boise maybe scoring a late touchdown. Uh, give me the Huskies, no question. I, I don't – this is a, a, a sneaky um, – uh, I, I think I agree with Nick that it's TV1. I just uh, – for sure, like especially if it were, you know, Pac-12 after dark type situation. But uh, mm -hmm. Washington's good, man. Michael Penix is good. Are you, are you all sleeping on and, the Frisco Bowl offensive MVP last year, Taylor <laughs> Green? <laughs> it's honestly like the more we talk about him – and I'm not just saying this because he's my Heisman pick this year. How in the world was Michael Penix not in New York for the Heisman? You know, West Coast player that didn't like, play yeah. for Oregon or USC. Yeah. yeah there were thousand plus good, passing But they games. weren't – I don't know that they were Heisman good last year, were they? I mean, I think he I mean, threw for like were... 31 and 8, something like that. Oh, he had 40 plus, if I remember correctly. Touchdowns? He threw last or, year. Or he am had... I thinking of the passing yards? He, he was 4,000 plus passing. 4,600 passing yards. Yeah. That's, okay. a, lot of, that's a lot of yards. 31 touchdowns. I, I regret the error. Yeah. QBR was, 
QBR was north of 80. Um, what, what doomed him was the loss at Arizona State. I think people would have yeah, forgiven you know, a lot of other losses. The UCLA loss was was forgivable, but then the, the very next week they lose at Arizona, a bad Arizona State team. They get beat uh, in Tempe. I mean, how tough is it to like the thing that dooms you is the fact that you only scored 38 points on the road. I know. It's like, <laughs> like I, that's just, that's so brutal. Like, he pretty much did everything he could. His defense gave up 45 points to a bad They're, team. Well, yeah, tr- exactly. Their t- team totals last year 45, 52, 39, 40, 32, and 38 in the losses, and 49, 28, 37, 54, 51. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Dude, they may put and week 50 after on week. Boise. All right. Real quick before we move on, what year of college football is this for Michael Penix? Does anybody know? Oh, God, he's been around a minute. Six? This is year six. Yeah, I would say six. Yeah, he was on that Indiana team, and he was, like, in his third year. Yeah. So, sixth year might be the charm for Mr. Penix in in, in Washington. They're trying to to get back to the the old days when Marquise Tuyasapopo was there. Mm -hmm. They were in the national uh, spotlight. Um, all right, staying on Saturday, let's go to Charlotte, Bank of America Stadium. Bit of a sore subject as we record this when talking about uh, the Panthers right now because Matt Corral was released. But we've got number 21, North Carolina, South Carolina, going head-to-head, 630 ABC. This is a, this is a marquee matchup here for me. I think this game is going to be hella fun. I think this is going to be a shootout. I like the Gamecocks. I, I think Drake May is special, but I just don't know who he's throwing to. Josh Downs is gone. I think Spencer Rattler is – we've talked a lot about the parallels between him and, and Jackson Dart and how they're in year two of their system and how they started to get better at the end of 2022. I think both of them were playing a high level of quarterback at the end of the year. I like the Gamecocks. I think they got a lot of a lot of buzz, a lot of momentum around that program right now, and I, I like them in 2022. 23 overall. I think they get it done here. Um, Gamecock's going to travel, man. They, they, they are, people are saying this is going to be a home game for the Tar Heels. I, I think that's so far from the truth. The Gamecocks are fired up. They're going to be there. It'll be a 50-50 crowd. Um, I like South Carolina here. The number is, is just two and a half for North Carolina. So I think that they can cover and win. I think this so, game has a chance to just go off the rails. Like it last yeah. one with the ball, last one with <laughs> the ball wins. UNC's defense is terrible, and Gene Chizik is just stealing a paycheck right now from the University of North Carolina. He's been doing that for twenty years. For a minute, yeah, for a minute. I, the he dude, said, I hope he sends. He said he was. He said he was going to retire. He said he was going to retire when his kids graduated. All his kids graduated high school, and he's just like, "Well, y'all going to keep paying me. I'm going to stay." Yeah, it's amazing. Cam Newton should literally send him a bill once a month for making his career <laughs> what it is. Um, he's awful. Having said that, we've talked about this at length, you know, in our previous. I, I, South Carolina lost a lot of critical pieces, and Drake May is still going to be the best player on the field. Although Rattler at times has looked like you know an NFL quarterback in his own right. So I don't know. Somebody's going to make a mistake that costs them down the stretch. Last one with the ball wins, right? I mean, it. Should be an absolute shootout. The number is a little rich for me, but it's. I think it's right. I mean, the the total is is where it should be. I don't see any value there, but um, you know, uh, high thirties, crazy game. Whoever doesn't turn the ball over wins. I think this is a degenerate would bet on this game. 
Truly. It's a coin flip. Yeah, it's a true coin yeah. flip. Yeah. I have no analysis to add to that. Two great quarter. It may be the best quarterback matchup of the season. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love, I love Juice Wells. He's an all SEC guy. He's a lot of fun. Um, and they got Trey Knox from Arkansas. So they replace a weapon at tight end that they lost to the portal. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, Dak Joyner is still at South Carolina. And I mean, just like the definition of an every man's college football player, like signed with South Carolina as a four-star quarterback change positions, just kind of does everything they ask him to do. Um, so I think they've got a little bit of dynamics um, offensively with him. They can do a lot with him back there in the backfield because he's the first string running back now heading into the season. Um, yeah, again, I shoot out. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. I just think that uh, Rattler and company get it done. All right. As Nick, we Nick have any thoughts? Oh, sorry, Nick. No, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, talking about the quarterback matchup, I'm just excited to see him. I don't know who Drake May is going to throw to, uh, but I, I am excited for this game. I mean, Rattler has to prove it, I guess, over the course of a full season. We saw what he did at the end of last year. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I guess I'm interested to see what he does kind of with that target on his back. Not that he didn't have it last year, but, like, it was almost – people had almost kind of sort of started giving up on, like, Spencer Rattler is an elite quarterback at the end of last year until, you know, he, what he did in the last three weeks. So I'm, I'm interested to see he had all offseason of, of everyone talking about is this guy, you know, could he, could he, could he win the Heisman? Is this guy an elite quarterback? And I'm excited to see, you know, his progression in the offseason. All right. As we move on, let's do one more before we get into our, our locks. Um, probably the other, Big marquee matchup on the slate. All due respect to the others. Um, let's go to Sunday night, Camping World Stadium in Orlando. LSU, Florida State, top 10 matchup. I've said it already earlier this week, and I'm just going to stick to it. I'm taking the Knowles here. Underdog, I think that they, I mean, quote underdog, it's a two and a half point line. I, I think Florida State wins this game. Um Jordan Travis, Keon Coleman, I think they're going to be as dynamic as anyone on offense. And then Jared Verse and the rest of that defense, Florida State, um, should be able to to get it done. Um, uh, Brian Kelly seems to always have some head-scratching losses. They laid an egg against A&M last year. Um, he still kind of has that bonehead in him that he had in Notre Dame. Um now, it's kind of funny to say this because, now, it doesn't affect the race, but I, I still have LSU picked to win the West. But, um, yeah, I, I just have a feeling that I think Florida State gets this one and the Knowles are back storyline starts early. Well, LSU is out Mason Smith on, on the defensive line, mm-hmm. and yep. they're out John Emery, the running back, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's correct. I think that's, I think that's big in a two-and-a-half-point game, like really, really big. But – you have to remember Harold Perkins is going to wear a single digit number this year. Well, I, maybe that's already priced in, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what if the band plays neck? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, look, I, you talk about coin tosses. This is a coin. Toss. I think Mason Smith is huge. It's a huge loss for LSU. How many times though, as Ole Miss fan, like one thing that you can't price into the number is just LSU's 
inexplicable luck. Exactly, look, the luck that at some point in the game will strike in their favor where, you know, a kick will hit a crossbar. Something crazy is going to happen. It will undoubtedly benefit LSU. And in a close game, I don't know, I guess. Well, it almost did last year. Yeah. Right? FSU was running the ball like the five – am I misremembering yes. this? No, no, no. They hit the, yeah. the five-yard line. Yeah. To, a little to ridiculous toss. Yeah, yeah. Fumbled the ball, gave it back to LSU. Yeah, exactly. Something like that's going to happen. Um, I think these are pretty evenly matched teams. The quarterbacks are, are pretty even. FSU may have a better backfield. LSU, by the way, guys, has a sneaky bad running back room this year. Uh, um, it doesn't make any sense because that's that's not – like LSU's thing is having good running backs. It makes and, no sense. Especially when you take Emory out. It's a weak running back room. No, I know they picked up the, probably the Notre Dame transfer. A true freshman. Yeah, I was going to say they've got um, Diggs Logan and then Diggs, a true freshman. Yeah. Which he's fine. They will be fine. Um, and 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 the great equalizer there is Daniels and his ability to scramble, um, mm-hmm. move around in the pocket. So I have you know I'm confident that he will be able to get short yards if necessary. They don't have a stud at receiver. They got a you know what's his name is is good, but he's not like Odell Beckham. Neighbors, or anything. yeah, yeah. He's not that dude. And they're secondary for the first time maybe in our lifetime. There's some question marks back there, so I think FSU with Keon Coleman, Jesus man, Keon. Who's Coleman. the Who's the big six seven kid? I can never remember his name. Wilson, Johnny Wilson is there. Johnny Will, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, the FSU's got really good receivers. I think they could challenge LSU secondary. Um, and on the other side of the ball, FSU's got some dudes. Jared Verse at defensive end is one of the best in the country. Um, I think FSU can be had though over the top. Their linebackers are not great either. Um pretty evenly you know pretty even matchup i should say when it comes to the coaches i know kelly's obviously much more seasoned but um norvell's pretty strong so i don't know i think it's gonna be a great game i'll take lsu right at the number maybe a three-point win for lsu um but should be awesome i don't think weather will be a factor i think the hurricane is going to be cleared out by the time the game kicks on it's, it's monday right or sunday 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 so i don't know it should be a hell of a game um I'll take LSU in in a squeaker, but I'm not willing to to put my money on it. I uh I like to hear y'all's analysis on LSU. I, I think I think a lot of folks are overvaluing Florida State past the quarterback, frankly. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm hopeful that what Austin just said is true, and that you know the DB room is is not what we're accustomed to seeing at at LSU and the running back room and all that sort of thing. And that they're kind of weak at receiver because there's going to be a lot of people who are frankly wrong about LSU if all of that's true. And I, and I'm hopeful that it is, I mean, I'm not really, you know, picking at it. So mm-hmm. with all that said, I, I'm going to, until Florida state should not have won the game last year. And mm-hmm. so uh, I just, I'm not there for them yet. I would love nothing more. And it's, it, this is saying a lot because I really, I really don't care for Florida state, but it, I mean, not that I care for LSU either, but I would love nothing more than to watch it and see Florida state just route LSU. I, I just, until that happens, I, I don't see it. And I think this line is a little low, frankly, I, I would take LSU all the way up to six. So I'm going to lay the points. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move into locks here. As we only have two on the board, Austin, you got one to uh, get us going. 
Yeah, I'm going to take one on the, uh, the Thursday night that we already covered. Let me lay the seven with the Golden Gophers. I just think Nebraska is getting a lot of love in the market. I don't really know why. I think Minnesota is the more stable program. I think Fleck has, has pretty much got it on autopilot there. They're not going to win the Big Ten. They're not going to win a national championship, but they're a pretty stable seven, eight, nine win team. Nebraska has shown us nothing to warrant this level of respect in the market. Um, they got to go on the road. I, I don't think the rosters are even close. And Matt Rule, you know, he's like, as we mentioned, he's a reclamation specialist. But in terms of just X's and O's, I think he's outmatched against a guy like Fleck. And Fleck's defensive coordinator, one of the best in the country that nobody knows in, in Joe Rossi. So give me the Gophers, minus seven. All right. I'm going to take the easy way out here. I feel like this is one of the – I mean, just begging you to to just make money here. Um which with the odds, you're not going to make a lot, but it'll get you a dub on the board. I'm going to say Clemson minus 13 at Duke. Um, look, Wallace Wade Stadium doesn't scare me. I know Duke was was pretty uh, pretty spunky last year. I feel like Clemson might be on a bit of a warpath this year. Um DJ Uyunglele has moved on. He's at Oregon State now, so it's all Cade Klubnik's game now. It's his team, and I think that it's a year where Dabo is going to try to really prove a point. He knows Florida State is coming in that league, so he's going to really try to put it on teams that he can. I just think they're just going to be better than Duke across the board, and 13 is nothing. I mean, they could easily win by 17, 20 points in this game. You said you're not afraid of Wallace Wade Stadium. Is that right? I just want that on the record. <laughs> yes, not afraid. Um, also, <laughs> Garrett Riley is the OC at Clemson now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that line almost feels too good to be true, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. It that's, that's why I'm like, what, what's the deal here? Like, did does Vegas know that, like, Cade Klumnik like failed like nine drug tests or something is not playing. They just haven't announced it. I think they like the market likes Elko as a coach and I do too, but they benefited so much from turnover luck and just weird shit last year. Duke did. I mean, he coached them up and they were really fun and, and, and interesting program, but I just don't see him replicating it this year. But they won 10 games last year, right? Yeah. 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 I'm over here scratching my neck asking if y'all got any more of those lines. (laughs) <laughs> Look, right, right out of the gate with Clemson, I, I, I don't see it going well. And yeah, I, for some reason, I do think this is like where Dabo is going to really just yuck it up when they blow people out, and he'll just do the all shucks, God is good bullshit. Um, His victory lap, yeah. But yeah, Ben, yeah, Ben, like you know, too good to be true. What's the deal? But I, I just don't think it really matters. I. I think this is a route, to be honest. What did you what line did you get? Thirteen was what ESPN has. I gotta pull up Vegas Insider. Yeah, Vegas Insider has twelve and a half. Just trying to help oh, you out. Okay, yeah. Give me that then. Yeah, for sure. Um Eesh. Yeah, I I got one. What what did y'all lock any before I got on? Nick has Colorado TCU under and yeah, that's it before you got on. All right. I'm going to go a little trendy here, and I'm going to take 
South Alabama plus six God, and a half. Bastard. Son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> Against Tulane. It I'll tell Look you I'm gonna lose spot. it because it feels too good. I I frankly think South Alabama is going to beat Tulane. And so oh, um no I think shot. <laughs> Number one, it's a look ahead spot for Tulane to Ole Miss. And hullabaloo, baby. They, they looking ahead of that ass whipping? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they that's are. exactly. Well, you got to remember, this is the Tulane who still thinks they're better than USC. Yeah. And so, who's just who's coming off a USC win? I mean, Bruh, imagine Taja Sharp think about coming this, through that. We're talking about 20-year-old football players coming off playing the Cotton Bowl or whatever against USC. Now they're playing South Alabama. Aren't they playing in Mobile, too? And no, so, it's, a, yeah. it's at Yulman. Yeah, it's oh, at, it's at Tulane. Yeah, it's at Tulane. Oh, I thought it was at Mobile. No. Um, That's not either going, way. I, I love the pick. That was on my board. Yeah, mm. I, give me, still give me plus six and a half. Tulane lost a lot, and yes. um, this is a look ahead, to, like I said, to Ole Miss. And this is, listen, they're not that much more talented than South Alabama. No, no they're not. And, Especially and, with what they lost. Yeah, and South Alabama is, you know, obviously going to be well coached. I, I mean, Kane. and Kane and Kane has worked the portal hard, man. Like they, they're picking up players from P5 programs. Like, look, Kentrell Bullock is on that roster. And look, I'm not saying hey. he's going to be like the star of the game, but I'm just saying like they are getting cast off from SEC programs and Tulane is really not. Yeah. And, and think about not to make this like, you know, former Ole Miss connection show or whatever, but Troy gave off that appearance too. Yep. Like I, I just, mm-hmm. I think South Alabama is a good pro- – I mean, I, I think that's a, a good program. It's almost like an SEC developmental mm-hmm. program. and Yeah, it's um, a farm system. And look, the yeah, Sun better And the six-and-a-half, again, it's the hooks on the wrong side, but that's Vegas begging you to take Tulane. And, yeah. Um, so, give yeah, give me South Carolina – I mean, South, Carolina, South Alabama. Are they the Jaguars? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Jags, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all remember when USA. they beat Mississippi State? USA. I do. USA. I do. Recall that fondly. <laughs> All right. I think Dan Owen wore shorts that game. <laughs> That's the game where that, they state missed was... the field goal, right? And Mullen's face <laughs> and, the, and the gif is just perfect. Oh, my yeah. God. That was, yeah, when Dan Mullen wore shorts, that was like when Barack Obama wore a tan suit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was like, what is wrong with him? Respect the game. <laughs> All right, Nick. Where what 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 sicko mode are you getting in here? Are we, um, are we going Long Island at Ohio? What are we doing here? It's this one's pretty sick. If I'm being honest with you. All right, game. This is game two for this team, so I'm kind of giving you a little bit of a spoiler oh. here. Oh, God, and I Hawaii. think this is the reason. Yes. How do you God. know? Because oh, I, I know the you. Reason. Stanford is awful. Like they're <laughs> terrible. Andrew Luck's not walking through that door. I mean, I would love to say like Hawaii is going to like be playing for the fact that they had you know terrible tragedy a couple weeks ago on the islands. They will be obviously, but it's not going to be like some massive you know stadium where the whole islands watching coming together deal because they play in a glorified track facility. It's pathetic. The Whoa. state of Hawaii needs to get it's it's these fourteen thousand. It's it ridiculous. is really bad. It's, it's really it, bad. And it, it doesn't even look that, right on TV. Clarence it's small, but it looks bad Ching too. Athletics Complex is yeah, it's pretty nice. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> pretty the, only, nice. the the only cool thing about Hawaii right now is the fact that Timmy Chang is the the head coach there. 
Put some respect it, on my boy. Isn't actually a track around the field like high school? Yeah, it's literally it, – it's yes. not even like a cool yeah, high school. Everybody it's like take it in. easy. Everybody take it easy. It's awful. <laughs> and and it really – it sucks because, like, that's – they play multiple – I think they have four start times after 7 o'clock Hawaiian time this year. It's like the perfect late, late night, you know, game to watch. But you turn it on, like, even your 11, your 1 a.m. eyes don't want to have to look at that. That's how bad it is. Point being – They've already played a game. They were not super terrible last week against Vanderbilt. And they really kind of played decently. At least they should for, have beaten know. Vandy. I know. I know. Exactly. Oh, they hung and, around is long enough. Long. To... Okay, wait. So I can get you at eight and a half. Do you want eight and a half? Where? No, 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 no. It opened there. That, uh, that's I was going to say, can you get me 20? I mean, if we're just counting <laughs> um, What is <laughs> These logos are so small. No, you're yeah. right. It opened there, but that 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 number is gone. It's three. Vegas and a half Insider. Now. They fell. They fell victim to this whole like let's make things look cooler. And it, but they're they're following that Richard West account on Twitter. That's what they're setting the lines with. I think <laughs> it's. I can't. Their website like is, is there's pitiful. too many. There's too many logos now. I don't. Why do they do that? Why do they group them all together? That's what's confusing. Okay, three and a half. What, what, I'm sorry. Three and, and three and a half is the half line. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was at seven. No, no, what? no. All right, whatever. I'll take three and a half. Lock it in. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sanford sucks. Sanford's <laughs> terrible, and I think I, I truly think that Hawaii, having played once already, is going to benefit them. I mean, I I say that, and Ole Miss is playing Mercer, so hopefully we don't lose. Dude, they come but, out there. They come out there doing the haka. With all the islands behind them, it's gonna be lit. Stanford's right. like, dude. dude there's so many on... games that are, or so many games I like this week, as far as yeah, locks go. My hmm. list got pretty long. Um, all right, Austin. What you Iowa got? laying 24 points to anybody? Are you serious? Well, okay, so that let's go there. I don't have a team total yet. I'm assuming so. Implied team total for them is roughly. What thirty three? We'll call it for Iowa. Uh, this is not a lock, but there's no gotta, way they can. You gotta hit over. You gotta hit over because at, at, again, I think if you listen to college football podcast or you're a college football fan, you probably know this. Their offensive coordinator has a clause in his contract that they have to average. And I'm forgetting the number. Do y'all remember? Is it 25 <laughs> points a tw- game? I, I, I thought it was 24, but it's, it's okay. an absurd thing. It's so he has contract. to average 24 <laughs> points a game because their offense has been abysmal since he's been there. The only way Iowa gets to 24 points a game on average is by scoring like 45 against teams like this. Like that's the only way they're going to hit that number. So Iowa team total over, I think, is is like a breeze. They've got to go in the 40s on games like this one. Because they're not going to score, they're not going to score twenty four against any of their uh, their Big Ten opponents. But um, so I'm going to go. All right, let's go into the Miami Bowl, Miami of Ohio against Miami. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. they call it one the Confusion the, Bowl. The I'm one true lay, Miami. The one true Miami. There can be only one. I'm going to lay the, the one seventeen. True Oxford. That's right. Same lay the seventeen thing. with the Canes. Um, I just, there is, is a 16 and a half. At yeah, Caesars. 16 and a half. Oh, give, give me all that. This is a soft number. And I know it's because of who Miami was last year and what they showed last year offensively, which is to say not much, but they fired the offensive coordinator. They brought in um, Dana Holgerson's all OC from Houston. Uh, they're going to be up tempo. They're going to chuck it around. 
I'm not asking Miami to be good in a game that matters or against a team with the pulse. I'm I'm just asking them to get into the high 30s against Miami of Ohio. I don't think I'm asking too much there. Like 38, 13 sounds more than reasonable to me. That's an easy cover on 17. Okay. I'm very nervous about this one, so I'm going to look at the total. To me, this feels like a scheduling mistake here on Joey McGuire's part. You were willing to go to Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah, this is a crazy total. The week before Oregon, by the way. Yes. The total is 50 and a half. But I was looking at taking the 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 Cowboys to cover here. Ooh, 14 is what I'm seeing. It's 14. I I could get 14 and a half at Caesars. Can Wyoming score 14? That's the thing is like, I think Texas Tech is going to challenge Texas for the Big 12 this year, but this is week one. Is this like a watch your ass spot here? Like where Wyoming kind of makes things weird at, at altitude? I feel like I feel like Vegas is is messing with me here with this. Um, actually, you know what? I'm just gonna we're we're gonna flip it here. I'm gonna go Texas Tech to cover 14. Yeah, I kind of like that actually. I, you know, what it reminds me of last year. Wyoming opened with Illinois last year, and people yes. said, "Yeah, you know, Wyoming can dirty it up and make it ugly." And and Illinois just steamrolled Wyoming. I'm pretty I think sure Tech I could do the same thing. I'm pretty sure I took Wyoming to cover that exact game, and they just did nothing. I mean, Josh Allen's not quarterback there anymore. Sure, it's at altitude. I'm sure that Texas Tech is already there right now. If not, they'll be there tomorrow to get used to it. But again, I I think that Joey McGuire's got one of the better programs in the Big 12. I do think that – I'm being serious. I think they challenged Texas for the league this year. I think they're going to be really good probably their best team they've had in like a decade. Um, yeah, I'm just going to flip it. I, I think Texas Tech covers the two scores, and they. Uh, I, I think it might be a little hairy early, but I think they they round out and get it done. Yeah, I like it. I hit this under at a stale number. It, that is going now, but it was 53 and a half at open, which is way too high. I don't, oh, yeah. I, I don't think Wyoming is getting into the 20s here. So. Yeah, like a, like a 33 – 10. Mm-hmm. All right, Ben, what you got? Last one. So, as long as nobody picked this one, you know, before I got on, what can you get me in NC State and UConn? <sighs> I like Damn it. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get out of my head. So, the number is 14. If you're looking for the Huskies to cover, I can get you 14 and a half. Total 47. So, all right. This is, pr- I'm probably going to go opposite what y'all are thinking. I'm actually going to take UConn, UConn plus mm. 14 and a half Ooh. in this game. Um, wow. So they return almost every starter on their entire roster. Nor- NC State. Should have we talked about this earlier? Their defense was not good last year, and they should have been beat by ECU. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I'm I'm just thinking early game. I'm pretty sure it's it, it's at UConn, isn't it? 
Yeah, so you want UConn plus 14 and a half. Yeah, yeah. If I had a whole big analysis, but if I got cut out, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, no, it was riveting stuff, honestly. <laughs> okay. Appreciate UConn. it. I mean, tough crowd, <laughs> but, you know, you'll have that. I was just making sure the whole call didn't drop. I think it did. All right. I think it oh, did. No. I think it did, too. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it did. I think it crashed on us. No, nah, we're good. We're we're still recording. We're we're good. All right. We're we're rocking with it. We we ha- we haven't locked in if we just need to post them. No, we're we're fine. We're good. All right. Um. All right. Who's next? Nick, it's I me. It's either ahead, you or go Austin. Go, Nick. Yeah, if Austin, you've got go one, ahead. if you've got one, go because Ben stole my South Alabama. So, um, scrambling. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Okay, uh, Ohio State is going on the road to Indiana. It's two thirty kick. Everyone knows when you want to watch the Big Ten football, you go to CBS. That's where you're going to find it. The, you know, they're kind of they're kind of toying around with CBS this year. They're taking the theme song from us as SEC fans. I'm really upset about that. We got one more year of it though. But again, that's uh, Ohio State minus thirty, and that's not where I'm going. I'm going under 59 here because I think this Ohio State defense is going to be pretty good. I think it's time for the defense to be really good for them. If you go look at like draft boards for the 2024 mock draft, it is littered with Ohio State picks. It is unbelievable. Like They look like uh, Alabama on steroids from the mid-2010s, how many picks they've gotten in the first round. I think I saw seven possible projected 2024 first-round draft picks. Uh, this team's going to be breaking. Really, really Ohio good. State is talented. Nick Carr, yeah, but but like <laughs> extra talented. Like like they got the spicy talented this year. They're going to be very good. I think the defense is going to be really good. I don't think they've got like that crazy explosive, can do it in three plays type of offense. And I think that's perfect for this game because they're going to probably slow it down a little bit. It's going to be a little bit. I think different offense at the beginning of the year. From what you see at the end of the year. So, like, don't be surprised if they beat Indiana, like, you know, 35 to 10 in this first game. And then at the end of the year, they just look like a totally different team. I think it's going to kind of take them a little while to kind of get ahead of steam. I just think that, what, 59 right here is a pretty high number when I don't think Indiana's getting to the 20s. And I really don't think, I really don't see Ohio State breaking 45 or so here. I like it. So I can get you under 59 and a half. Well, let's do it. I love it. <clears throat> All right, 59 Austin. is a square number, I guess, outside of 49.10, which it wouldn't shock me, <laughs> but I'll take it anyways. All right. Uh, can you give me a 14 flat with UCLA and Coastal? Ooh. You dirty dog. Ooh, this is a late night game too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 930 ESPN kick. God. You talk about coast to coast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No Hey, you know what? I'll take chickens. Hey, these are conference conference members in here, aren't they? <laughs> so it just it just makes sense, it's right? So I mean, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a geographic proximity. It checks out. Yeah, look, screw the hook. I'll take I'll take UCLA even with the hook. Fourteen is even better, but but I'll lay fourteen and a half. Uh, long story short, Coastal returns their quarterback, Grayson McCall. That's the only thing they return. They including their head coach. They hired <laughs> Tim Beck. Who came over from NC State? He is How a terrible... old is Grayson McCall? Yeah, Good he's Lord. like 30, he's 33. Oh. Grayson McCall, actually, yeah. just a sophomore. Him, him and uh, 
In dog no, years? I'm no, I'm kidding. No, he's in dog years. <laughs> what? I don't understand. Yeah, him and uh, him and uh yeah, him and uh Will Rogers tied for uh first team go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Nick right next to Gardner Minshew whenever he came back that last yeah. time. <laughs> anyway, Blues. coastal downgraded everywhere, including at their head coach position. And Tim Beck is a bad offensive coach and he's going to be the guy calling the plays that go across the country has been noted ucla reloaded except for qb they lost dtr but they brought in a, a five-star freshman dante moore people think he's going to take over maybe even like in half after halftime of this game but even if he doesn't i feel fine you know uh, you know who's starting under center for them right is it garbers that would be ethan garbers yeah. of uh cal ole miss fame yeah i mean he may pass the torch by the third quarter and if so UCLA is going to cook even more. I just think they run Coastal out of the building. I, I, I think it's like, you know, 42, yeah, I like 14. Yeah. I kind of um, think Coastal is going to be like sneaky trash. If not this too. year, the next year. I do too. Gracie can't do it by himself. And he lost his head coach, whose offense is one of the most he, innovative in football. So he should have downgrade. Yep. I think he, he should have He should yeah. have gone to Auburn. He, he, he did get in the, yeah. He was an yeah. Auburn like lean at one point, wasn't he? I yeah. think the transcript fell through, but uh, yeah, I think the transcript to get into Auburn. What, I, that, what that, look, that's what thinking? Auburn. That's what Auburn people said. So I take that with a giant grain of salt. Okay, yeah, I like that pick. Uh, UCLA will be they'll be fine with with Chip Kelly. He's got some he's got some talent at quarterback. They'll be they'll be just fine. It it's going to take a minute because nobody on that roster right now is DTR. But they'll be fine. Um, yeah, let's get full like midday, like sicko mode. Like I'm talking like this is the game you turn on when you're like nine high noons deep <laughs> before like one o'clock, and you want to watch Buffalo at Wisconsin. Oh God, feel longer. I'm taking the Badgers to cover the 28. I think this is a Big time opening game. The Luke Fickle era is underway on Saturday. And I think they just, they might hang half a hundred on Buffalo. Braylon Allen is like a complete monster. I mean, Braylon Allen looks like Quinshawn Judkins ate another Quinshawn Judkins. Like he is humongous. And look, all the jokes about Phil Longo aside, he has had good offenses everywhere he's been. And I think that it's going to be a little refreshing for Wisconsin folk to see some shotgun. They're going to run the football. They're still going to run the ball. That's that's the biggest misconception about Longo and the, you know, chasing space and the get open and all that. You know, kind of kind of similar to Kiffin where everybody expects, you know, oh, it's Lane Kiffin like he's throwing the ball over the yard. Like no, he he loves to Run the football like the offense is predicated by the run. I think that they just have a field day. I could not tell you anything about Buffalo, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Um, last thing before we close here. Um, we didn't spend a lot of time with Ole Miss and Mercer because we don't need to. Um, there is no line, but just quick 
roundtable discussion here, a couple statements on this game. I think um, you know two big pieces are missing. No Zakari Franklin. He's still rehabbing from the knee scope. I don't think there's any concern there. There's no need for him to play against Mercer. He'll be fine. Should be ready for Bama. And then Caden uh, Priestcorn still trying to figure out what he wants to do, if he wants to give it a go. Uh, the rumor was surgery earlier today as we were recording this on Wednesday. Um, I received a word from a source that it is not going to be surgery. It's just going to be whether or not he wants to get um, any kind of treatment. If he does receive treatment, they'll probably give him a couple weeks off. If he doesn't, if he tries to give it a go, he will be out there. But look, we talk about dog houses. I mean, if, if, Priest Corn is not going. This is Michael Trigg's time to try to do something. If it's not going to be Michael Trigg at tight end, Hudson Wolf, Kyron Heath, Javante Connor, somebody will step up. But uh, this is a game where I think Quinchon Judkins gets 100, heads to the bench. Jackson Dart throws for 180, 200, heads to the bench, and then uh, everybody else gets to have some fun. Yeah, this is a get in and get out. Don't get anybody yeah. hurt, you know, yeah. get, get some young guys reps. And even I with, prefer for Quinshawn to not even play. Right yeah. I, I'm, I'm with <laughs> you. I'm with you. Um, even with Priestcorn, you know, banged up and trig status kind of up in the air, the tight end room is pretty deep. I mean, I, I know the coaches like the young guys and, you know, Wolf is apparently playing and has looked He's really alive. good in practice. Yeah. I mean, people have forgotten that there's a what four-star, five-star kid that, yeah. you know, Alabama uh, wanted him. Yeah, he's dealt with injuries, and and we've all kind of forgotten about him. But I, to say that he's a capable, serviceable backup uh, in a game against Mercer, I think is an understatement. So uh, we'll be fine in this game. You just want to get people live action reps and, and get out of there injury-free. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to add about this game. I, I literally think these games should go by the wayside. and I, I acknowledge that's kind of a, a killer for those programs and stuff, but this game's pitiful. Mercer last week looked terrible against UNA. It was I think they were one and nine last year, uh, and I, I acknowledge the transfer portal can do a lot. It's maybe UNA is you know, going to win the title this year, but I don't know. Mercer looked bad last week. This is like you said, getting live game reps in, I guess. But I mean, I just don't think you can glean pretty much anything at all from a type a game like this. It's a I don't know. It's a waste of everything. I hate these type of games. I hate that we're playing it. I don't think we're going to see anything out of Mercer. You know, keep everyone healthy. The only negative things can happen in something like this. So just, just get out of there. You know, maybe figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be. I mean, that's kind of the only intrigue. It's been kind of an odd yeah, we know. last few days with that. I, we know, but it, <laughs> it, it has been, it's been an interesting last few days. I would have to say, at, at the least, regarding that. I've admittedly not kept up with it. But um, as in terms of – I say kept up with it. I've not read anything over the last couple of days. I just assume that Dart's the starter and until they say that he's not going to be. Um, just because I've heard so many good things coming out of preseason practice of things that he's doing. You know, I'm not – that's not to say Spencer Sanders is a slouch. I mean, the guy – wasn't he big – 12 offensive player of the year one year. So he's not like he sucks. Um, player of the year. But okay. Well, that too. That's still very impressive. And so, um, but anyway, I, I think, 
y'all said it, Nick said it probably best. Only bad things can happen in these games. So um, get in, get out without, I mean, really, and let's be honest, like I, Tulane is a nice team too. And Georgia Tech is, is a bad ACC team, but really only bad things can happen in the first three weeks of the season. And it's like, you just kind of have to hold on until you get to SEC play and, uh, and, and hope that all of your guys remain healthy. So, but you can't keep people at bubble wrap. So it is what it is. I would, is on, uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll close on this. My thoughts, my favorite year ever still, I mean, I say favorite year ever, my favorite regular season ever is the COVID year. So it's 2020 when we played nothing but SEC schools. Having 10 SEC games a year would be awesome to me. Like, mm-hmm. throw the record out the window. Like, let's play good. It, when we go play bowl games, and I, I can't get let myself get on a rant, but if we're playing schools, <laughs> let's just say Oklahoma State every other year, they're no more culturally cool than playing South Carolina or Georgia or Florida. I'd rather play those teams, frankly. But this is my my thought. No, I'm with you. Like, play more meaningful. What I'm saying is, turn games. into the NFL. <laughs> who's Who's going to say We're no? Headed there. Who's going to say no to Ole Miss kicking off the year in Iowa City? Just a home and home. Who's going to say no to that? Who's going to say no to Ole Miss going to Eugene and playing in Autzen, where it never rains? I mean, just. Who cares if it's going to be a tough opener? Or who cares if it's a, a tough game? If it's going to be tough sledding? I, I like Nick said. I get that. Like these games help small programs, but at some point, it's just got to be. What do the fans want? And Let me ask you this: Would you rather Ole Miss play Mercer or not feel obligated to go? Wait, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little confused by your question, but I will say like that. I think that's my that, that that's what sucks about it is that you feel like this obligation, like oh, I got to go to the game, and I mean we're just like wasting our time here. And, what what was mm-hmm. confusing? You mean rephrase it? Would you yes. rather Ole Miss play Mercer and you feel obligated to go, or them just not play a game? Just I mean, not play. Just yeah, you just not play the game. I, I I remember last year the Texas Tech game. I, mean, I hardly watched, but I remember in the in the last couple of years there have been some FCS games that I've like left early because it was super hot, and I literally did not watch them when I got home. And that's never really happened to me until the last few years. But I just feel like you take less and less and less from them every single year. And I don't know, maybe it was because of the nostalgia of me being like twelve years old. When I was a kid, I I guess I felt like those were bigger games. But, like, now that I'm older, I see just how useless these games are. I mean, obviously you can lose them, like Jacksonville State, so they can be, you know, useful because something actually happened in that game. But these games are just – I've never felt less like we're playing a football game this weekend than I do right now. The Mercer game to me is is a nothing burger. And I think it shows in, like, and, like, what could we – you know, how much more could we be selling season tickets for if we had, like, games on the schedule? I mean, look at our home schedule this year. Georgia Tech, like, moves the needle, like, none, basically. Vanderbilt is, you know, Mercer by a different name. Mercer and then ULM. Like, that's four-sevenths of our home schedule. 
imagine if like four sevenths of any other sports schedule was like games that just really don't matter. No one would go to the, no one would buy season tickets. So I'm saying I, play 10 uh, SEC games, play, play what, play nine plus two power five. I mean, it's different. Know, cut out a week. What I'm getting at is just play 11 weeks, like cut this week yeah. and play nine or 10 power five opponents. What what is it? It's always like week 10. It's like SoCon week. Yeah, like yeah, Western Carolina is in there. That's so UMass, lame. State. Dude, most of our life, Ole Miss played 11 games a year. Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't get to this 12th game every year until probably 2002, three-ish. That's right. About to, about yeah. two. Because, yeah, I remember, I mean, back when I was really young, like I remember when we had tickets to go to like Ole Miss, Arkansas State. And I mean, I was just geeked all week at school. Just amped okay, to go to that game. Let's be real. Now it's I like, would much rather Ole Miss play Arkansas State as Mercer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh your uh, your point's well taken. I get what you're saying. It's that's still a throwaway game, but it's it's better yeah, yeah. than this. It's different I mean, now where you're like you're older and you're like, well, this is just does nothing. UT Martin, Mercer, Austin P, that type of opponent. UL, UL Monroe, Selah. Well, yeah. I think too, like growing up, like it was just, I mean, even when I was in like college and stuff, it was, and I lived off campus, it was easier to get to games. Like tickets were not nearly as expensive. And I know they're doing this like variable pricing. You can get in the game 15 bucks on this weekend, but you could park like on campus. It just seemed so much easier to go to like a really bad game. Now it just feels like a production. Even even yeah. for Mercer, it's still like I got to pay like twenty bucks to park, or I got to park mm-hmm. a mile away, mm-hmm. or I got to park at Oxford High School and yeah. take a shuttle that goes halfway and to Holly Springs. No, the campus is for all intents and purposes an island at this point. Like you, if you don't have a parking pass, good luck. Yeah, and, and like getting one for Mercer just is a waste. And now, like, I mean, I have still yet to do it, but y'all are brave enough to do it. Going to games with kids. Yeah, it's tough. It seems like the worst thing ever. That's just a phase of life issue. <laughs> like I, I I will wait a I will wait as long as I need to. Like we we okay, so we'll take kids when we go over to the borough to see MTSU a couple times this year. Now we'll do we'll do that because we will have the benefit of um the kids can get on the field in pregame. And and run around and do that, but like a September game, like mm-hmm. with a kid, like oh. even if even if they couldn't get on the field, though, what you're doing when you go to an MTSU game now, a middle game, is what it used to be like going to the yeah, Ole Miss fifteen game. years ago. A hundred, yeah, a million Parking, percent getting there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I remember we used to Dude. park on we used to park on All America Drive like by the field house to go to the game. Like yeah. where the, when the, when I the locker room was on that side, like where the Johnny vault statute is, we would park like along that street on the curb, half the car on and half the car off and walk yes. into the station from right there. In in college, I parked ne- like next to Ken Cannon on the sidewalk. And then they went the whole thing of like, we're having to be ADA compliant. I'm like, no, you're just wanting to charge people and make and kick people off campus yeah, in college. Yeah, that was right lie. behind the union. You know, like, 
Oh man, that was like the biggest. Like that was literally, and like this is we're talking like in college where we had a tent, and like I would run the grove, get the tent. We we would get next to the the tree with the power outlet in it, so we could do the satellite TV. That was much easier than the logistics of where do we park and how do we get home after a game when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And that's like, as a student, I mean, imagine people coming in from out of town, having to coordinate where you're staying, who's coming, how many tickets you got. Do you have tickets? Where are you parking on game day? And and we probably sound like old old men yelling at cloud. Like, like, oh man, it's way better back. For sure. But also like the game is materially changed. I mean, it is far harder to park on campus. It's far harder to get to a game. Ticket prices are way up. Like there that, that all of that is like objective fact that it, will, it, games are different. <laughs> and we used to not play. You used to could only play back when it was 11 games. I think you can only play an FCS team every four years. Now you play yeah. one every year, every year. And, and also you're playing ULM. Like it's well, just, like, the, ULM the and FCS team by another name. They didn't improve the schedule, but they increased the cost. And yeah. the and also there used to be 117 FBS teams. Now there's 133, meaning you made worse bottom teams, and we're playing those bottom teams, and we're playing on an FCS team. So like ULM 20 years ago was literally an FCS program. Well, now we're also yeah. playing them and Mercer. I'll do y'all one better talking about advantageous parking situations back in the day. Are y'all familiar with the Murphy Center in Murfreesboro where MTSU plays basketball? Uh, I've I've seen Ole Miss lose there before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you know how close it is to the football stadium? Some would say it's real close. Yeah, like it's it's, it's like Vandy football and baseball. Um, Yeah. So because of the the family connections with Mill Tennessee football, um, we will park – on the uh basically the free throw basically, line. <laughs> so like the you know they have like the <laughs> the way the arena is it's like that they have a, a concrete walkway around the whole arena park on the concrete walkway that's yeah so we literally that's awesome my, my mother-in-law <laughs> has a parking pass we just park up there and we get out and there's a gate right there in the stadium that's awesome yeah. so so like when the when the kids are like over it we just all right we'll leave and we just walk, you know, 150 feet to the car. So yeah, that helps. And this, uh, this segment was sponsored by a retirement home because of how old we are. <laughs> yeah. Again. I mean, yeah. y- you know, uh, it, that's a great, that's a great segue as we close up shop here, because um, if you do have any questions about Medicare or anything like that, <laughs> you're looking to cut your premiums 20, 30%. Call Drew Moak of the USA Benefits Group, 601-953-8449. He's licensed in seven states, so he can get it done, Mississippi or elsewhere. Second largest health insurance brokerage, access to 35 different carriers for all of your health insurance needs, from regular health plans, life insurance, dental, vision, Medicare. He's all got it all under the umbrella. So give him a call, 601-953-8449 or visit at usabg.com slash dmoak. That's D-M-O-A-K. And you can get your free quote today. All right, that's week one. Um, I am 
just through the roof ecstatic for football to be back. I know that, uh, that you guys are as well. We will be conversing throughout the day on our picks. Um, you know what? This is our show. We can make the rules. We're going to combine week zero. So we're, we're right now we're, we're Owen four. Um, so heading into, uh, to the rest of the slate, we got 12 locks for you. Let's try to get to, uh, let's try to get to 12 and four gentlemen. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm not sure we want to combine because, uh, that's going to make it whole real difficult to get back to 500. We may just want to leave week zero in the dust, but, uh, I think we can do it. We can get, you know, seven and five, eight and four week, 12 and a week. Let's do it. All right, that's week one. That is hit that line. Shout out to Homefield Apparel and College Corner for sponsoring this one. And uh appreciate the uh the fellas getting back in the saddle. We are all the way back here. We'll be back next week. Probably back to our regularly scheduled day on Thursday, but you will get this one a day early as you will be listening to this on Thursday, prepping for Utah and Florida. Shout out to uh Nick, Ben, Austin for joining us and uh, the rest of the sponsors that make this show possible. Till next week, we out.